Warriors, welcome back to She Is Becoming with the Grace Church Women's Ministry. I am one of your co-hosts, Delaney. I am a single mom to my amazing, slightly crazy son, Jax, um, and I'm also a passionate lover and follower of Jesus. I am here with my co-host, Bev. Bev is a wife. She's a mom. She's a grandma to 10 grandkids, which is crazy, and she has been studying God's Word for um, her whole, like her whole life. You've been teaching it though for like 20 plus years. Yeah. Well, actually I've been teaching. I just 30. did the math today. It's actually over 30. It's about 36 years. I've actually been a teacher. See, and I keep thinking 20 and it's 36, which is like, wow, that's just blowing my mind. So she's, so she's got some wisdom. She's got some words for us today. Um, but man, we are just so pumped to be back in the studio back here chatting with each other back here with you guys. Um, we are just so excited to see what the Lord has to teach us today. Um, so we want to get back to our key verse here, which is to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And as we continue to learn and grow and study God's word together, that is what we are doing. So what is our topic going to be today, Bev? One that's really often misunderstood by today. Um, it's overused. We're going to talk about love. You know, we say we love peanut butter and we love this. And then the next yeah. sentence, we say we love God. And then we say we love our special person or whatever. But what are we really saying? I think we need to really look at God's love in order to understand love. So here's some questions just to get us started. Have you ever questioned God's love? Mm. I mean, yes, I can think yeah. of times for yes. sure. Do we really grasp what God's love means for us. Right, the depth. Do we really, really take that into consideration and it doesn't impact our everyday life? Yep. And then third, do you struggle to be worthy of God's love? Mm. It's not uncommon for us to be so ridden with guilt and shame that we just, and we've never been loved maybe by anyone else, and so we question how God could love us. Mm. Um so these are some really deep questions about a very important topic on God's love. Uh, what's more central to the Bible and to the teaching of the gospel and, and our relationship with God than understanding his love? Now, in the Greek language, there's four different words for love. We have one word, love. This would have been helpful if in English we had different <laughs> the words same ones, for like right. peanut butter and God. Yeah. You know, hindsight. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the first one is philo or philo, uh, which is a friendship type of love. And Jesus himself called his disciples and us friends. Um, and that he tells his friends what he's doing. He was very upfront about that. So we can have a friendship with God. And then another word is familia, which is family. It makes sense. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, and the Bible tells us that we can be the family of God, part of his family through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Then there's eros, which is the sexual love. And you might think, well, this has no application with God, but it actually does because God invites us through his son, Jesus Christ, into a more intimate relationship than even a husband and wife can have. God in us, Jesus Christ comes to reside within us. Wow. Um, and that is Eros, the most intimate of intimate love of living together as one. So that is the third. And the fourth type of word for love is agape love. This is God's love. But what does agape love mean? You've maybe heard the term or this might be your first time. So here's what it really means. It means that God's love 
is a desire for the highest good of the one who is loved, even to take a great sacrifice. And of course, we see the cross. We see, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That is a picture of God's agape love. When you look at that cross or you wear a cross around your neck, I'm touching mine right now. This is agape love. He did this for my highest good at the greatest sacrifice. 1 John 1, 4, um, I'm sorry, 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. In other words, God embodies love. Um, He is the standard for love. His love is perfect and pure in every way. But here's what I love most about God's love. It's uninfluenced. Yep. <laughs> I, I could just ponder that all day long. Yeah. There's nothing in us to make God want to love us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right. The godly died for the ungodly. Mm. So we are sinners. We're the ungodly. We're the rebels. Um, David had a sense of this. In Psalm 16, he wrote, Apart from God, I have no good thing. God's love is spontaneous, free, and uncaused. I, I kind of giggle when I read <laughs> something from Deuteronomy, believe it or not. <laughs> but God is really, uh, it, it just speaks to me. It's from Deuteronomy 7, verse 7. The Lord did not set his affection on you or choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. Moses here is speaking to the Israelites. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery. Oh, I love that. Isn't that beautiful? It wasn't because they were the biggest and the best. No. It wasn't yeah. because they were faultless. It right. was because God set his love upon them. Right. Um, that, I think, is so beautiful. It's uncaused. It's uninfluenced, God's love. We can love, then, God, because he has first loved us from 1 John four nineteen. God first sets his love upon us, which makes it even possible for us to love God. Yeah. And the uninfluenced also uh, means that there's nothing that I can do that would make God love me less. And there's nothing that I can do that would make God love, like God love me more. His love for us is always the same. He is that standard and it's constant. It's always the same. It's uninfluenced. I love that. That's amazing. Um, We also learn from scripture that God's love is eternal Uh, I love how his other attributes inform his love because we know that God is eternal. So that means that his love is eternal. It has no beginning and it has no end. And his love um, is everlasting. So we can find security in that, that his love is never going to, it's never going to stop. Like, I don't have to worry about like me doing something. It's not fickle, is it? So unlike human love, which we withhold our love when we get hurt. Yeah, we're messed up. Yeah, we are. We have to learn from him how to love, how to really love. Exactly. And we also learn um, kind of like how we talk, or, uh, did in our other episode about God's holiness. We learn that God's love is actually holy too. Um, so we know that God is holy, which means that he is perfect. He's set apart. He's different. He's 
distinct. Um, he's extraordinary. So this means that his love is all those things. His love is perfect. His love is not ordinary. His love is extraordinary. So that means his love is different from any other love we've ever known, any other love that we've ever experienced. It's set apart from worldly, sinful, conditional love, and it's unconditional. It's majestic. It's extraordinary. So really, you know, we learn these things about love, so about God's love. So what does this mean? How what is this? How do we like what are the implications of this? Um in 1 John 4, you know, we talked about it a little too, but that God calls us to love one another because love is from God. So if we are in God, God actually enables us to love other people. And apart from God, we are actually incapable of love. We may experience um, those kind of loves that we were talking about earlier, like the philo, the familio, the eros, and those are not bad things, but we are still, you know, apart from Christ, we're still, we're only in the finite. We are not in the infiniteness of his love. We are not experiencing that. Um, and we are selfish with our love. We do, whoever we deem to be deserving of our love is who we give it to, which is just not the way that God loves and, and not the way that we should love. Um, and it's also not the kind of love that where you just love people that are easy to love, which when I was, you know, studying this, I was like, that, we do that. Like, it is so easy for me to love my, you know, my two-year-old, something. Most of the time. No, I'm kidding. It's it's your, always or easy. Or your bestie friends, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it's someone that I disagree with maybe or somebody that um, I think is rude. That is a hard person for me to love. So remembering that God enables our love and it's it means that we can love the people that are hard to love. Yeah. John 15 says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. So what a challenge he puts at our feet and says, love like I do. I've shown you how to love. You've experienced my love. Now you're to share that love. You're to be a, a, a conduit of that love and not just a repository. Um, that, that first and greatest and the second greatest commandment, Jesus said, was, you know, to love the Lord with all of your being, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. So those are the two most um, important commandments. And if we do those two most important commandments, we keep all the other commandments, Delaney, right? We're not going to steal. We're not going to commit adultery because we're loving others as we love ourselves. It's like the root, you know? It's that love that's the root Mm -hmm. of it. It is. Which I love that. And, you know, along with the the sacrificial part of God's love is for us, um, it might not necessarily play out in me sacrificing our life. It it could, but in like a day-to-day sense, sacrificing my rights for somebody or sacrificing um, maybe like a feeling or a preference so that someone else can feel loved is a way that I am seeing, I see that play out in like my day-to-day life. Um, And when we're doing these things, it's showing who God is, right? Mm -hmm. It's that full circle of he loves us. So we're able to love others. And it shows that others, that other, that God loves others too. It shows him. Right. And it can be so, such a uh, healing experience for people who have not felt love before. Mm -hmm. If we can communicate to them love, our love to them and they eventually come to find out that it is really God in us loving them. 
Uh, do you know what that can do to a person as far as transformation goes? We talk about transformation here every week. Yeah. Love transforms people. Wow. Especially unconditional love. Yeah. I, I know I know it's transformed my life. Um, you know, if I could pick any one of these attributes that has really impacted me the most, I think I would pick the that God's love is uninfluenced, um, that nothing in us can make God love us, and that we're undeserving. I think the undeserving is where it totally gets me because— um, I'm a sinner and I've done like so many things where I'm like, I can't believe that God would still love me even though I've done this. And, you know, times where I've been living in sin, it's so crazy that God could still love me despite how I've treated him, despite how I've disrespected him, despite how I've fallen away from him, that even like in my circumstance and where I'm at as a sinner, like that he would still love me. Like that's, that to me was, is like huge. Isn't it a drawing power to God himself when you realize that it's unconditional love to you? Mm. Um, that just keeps bringing you back. It yeah. keeps bringing you back. And it's a different kind of love than a human love. And to experience God's love like that um, gives you a sense of your personhood um, that you can't get from human love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Bev? Can you think like, or like, which one of these attributes probably sticks out to you the most and like, how has it impacted your life? Well, I, I have always felt the love of God for many, many years. Um, however, I was, I went through a really, really challenging time with my parents and, um, I became very angry about some things that I had, hadn't dealt with growing up. And, um, so I had to ask the Lord. I said, Lord, I know you want me to respect my parents, but I, and I want to love them, but I can't love them right now. I just can't. And um, it just the idea came to me, take God's love that he's given me and love God will love them through me. Mm-hmm. Somehow I detached myself from it. And what happened to Lainey, interestingly enough, is it changed my heart. Wow. And I, I was able you. to love, exactly, I was able to love them. As I h- had to step back and just let, God, you're just going to have to love through me because I got nothing. I got nothing here. Right. I've been hurt so terribly. I, I just, and, but God was so faithful to love through me. So we talked about, you know, loving unlovable people. We all have people that are difficult in our lives. And maybe somebody listening right now needs to say that to God. God, love this person with your love through me, um, and then just do that and watch and see if God might change your heart as well. Right. God's love enabled you to love them. And if we didn't have, you know, like God enabling that, there's no way that we could love these people, like on our own strength. Like there's no way. Like I'm not going to be loving and kind to someone that I feel like has mistreated me because that's not a part. Of, that's a part of my sin nature. I can't do that. But when God enables our love, we are able to love people the way that He loves us. One of the uh, privileges of my life was being able to go into Women's Shakopee Prison and um, teach the Bible there. And when I walked in there, I was kind of scared. Didn't know quite what to expect. And um, I started teaching these women and hearing them share about what God was doing in their life, and it 
they were so transparent of their sin, and they were so hungry and uh, thirsty for God's love and for anyone to care. As I was teaching them, I can't tell you, God just overwhelmed me with love for them. Now, that's not Beverly. I was overwhelmed with love for them. I still think about them. I don't go in, in there anymore, but I... That was just such a huge privilege and such a teaching, teachable moment for me that everyone is worthy of love. Mm. Everyone. Right. And the people who are on the fringes need it the most because that's why they're on the fringe. They've been hurt. They've been pushed. They've been, um, uh, something has happened in their life, whatever it might be. Um, and they, they need to hear so badly that they're loved, they're cared about, they're important, and that you're going to affirm that in them, yeah. um, regardless of what they've done or what they're doing or right. where they are. And, and people that we would maybe deem like unlovable, the fact that God loves them, it shows us that we should love them too, but it shows us how amazing is God. The like people that like, and we would say, you know, maybe that they're in love or they're this or they're that, that God would love them just shows how pure his love is and that it really is uninfluenced. Mm -hmm. It is. And, you know, think about those small gestures of love. It doesn't take a lot where you can absolutely change a person's life by small acts of love and believing in people, standing with people in their pain, showing up. It, it doesn't mean that you have to... Um, come up with this uh, grand ideas. It's, it's just being there for people, showing that you're going to stand beside them, whatever they're going through. You don't have to have the answers. It's, it's showing that they have worth in your eyes. And that is life transforming. And that is the love of God. The love of God is super practical. It is practical. It's very practical. That's why it's so transformative. Yeah. And, you know, we see this throughout scripture that, um, this is something that we need to be imitating, um, that by loving God first, we then also need to be loving others, but it, it allows us to love others. So that's a thing that I can apply today. Um, if something, you know, my, if something makes me mad, how can God's love change the way that I respond? I can respond lovingly. Like that, that it's such an easy application for sure. But also we see in First uh, John Four eleven. that it's also like a command that God says, like, because I've loved you, like you, you need to love one another. Yeah. Yeah. It is a command. It is a command. And it's the, you know, the first and second command is this command to love God and then to love others. But let's get back to this, this idea of questioning God's yeah. love. Yep. Are you questioning God's love today because of a circumstance? Sometimes when you're going through really hard times, you can say, God, where are you? I thought you loved me. If you, because this and this isn't the way lining up the way I thought it would, that looks like you're being unloving to me. Right. How do we answer a person in that situation? What does God have to say to that person? <clears throat> yeah, I think, you know, looking about um, what Jesus endured as God's own son, we don't doubt that God loved Jesus, but yet suffering is not, it's not incompatible with God's love. Just because God loves you doesn't mean that we're not going to go through things. Um, but the love of God is something that you can cling to. It's something that you can stand firm on. It's something that's not going to waver no matter circumstances of your life. God's love for you is still secure. And so, um, 
even if you are with people who are disappointing you and you are surrounded by people who just keep letting you down and aren't loving you well to remember that we are loved by a perfect God who loves perfectly and going back to these attributes that his love for us is unconditional. It's not going to change. It's secure. It's eternal. And it's not dependent on me and what I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful way to answer the question. Do we really grasp what God loves means for us? Right. It means that security. It means that we have that, um, always working for us, regardless of our circumstances. His ways are always loving, always good, and for our good and for his glory. So we can rest in that knowledge of his love. And then let's talk about if they struggle with this idea of being worthy of God's love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think we've all been through times where we have felt unworthy of God's love. And um, I know I have struggled with that, and I know you have too, Bev. Um, and I would say def- if you're struggling with that now, um, if there's someone that you can talk to about that, I would say that that's uh, something that needs to happen because uh, this shouldn't be like a part of your identity that you are struggling with if God is loving you. Like this is foundational. This is a key truth, like that God loves you. And so hearing from somebody else I think can really be helpful. Like, yes, God loves you. Like, And also reading that the Bible, what the Bible says about it, that God actually says, this is how much I loved you. And he put his words into action. He has showed us. So looking back at these truths in the Bible of um you know, God protecting his people and continuously showing their him, showing them his love, like in the midst of them being disobedient. And then ultimately Jesus on the cross. Yeah, that's the ultimate, isn't it? Uh, look what he endured. And that was God's love in action. Yeah. Right there, right there. So, you know, I have to admit to you something. When I was a younger believer, I looked up in the Bible every, I tried to find every verse where God said straight out, I love you. I needed to hear that. Yeah. And it's there. It's there. And it's not just in the those three little words. It's throughout Genesis to Revelation. I love you. Yeah. Unquestionable love. Um, so what's our call to action today is to believe, really. To believe. Believe God loves you right where you're at. Believe that God's love for you will never fall short. It will always be yours. Amen. I love that. I'm going to pray for us. Dear Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit, thank you for loving us unconditionally. Thank you that there's nothing that I can do to make you love me less. I pray that as I continue to learn more about your love and as we continue to grow in understanding who you are, that we will be able to love others and that we will be able to show the love of God to others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Man, it was great to be with you guys. I wish this episode wasn't over and that we could stay with you forever. So join us in two Mondays from now for the next episode of She Is Becoming. Bye.